we're in the we're in Second uh, uh, Timothy chapter two. You're right. This is not. These are fresh notes. So let me jump into this. Second Timothy chapter two. We're talking about building people who build churches, and uh, Paul is finishing his race and uh, talking about a fight to the finish, which is really appropriate for us as a church body, and also for us as we pray. So we've covered the first eight verses uh, last week. We finished that up. We've done an overview already of the whole book. And so as uh, just kind of way of review, um, Paul is in a fight to the finish. He's calling his son and the Lord Timothy to follow his footsteps and the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so we've flown over the book. We've talked about Paul's final identification, his final instruction, his final warning, his final charge. And then we talked about the uh, the personal nature of the book, the practical and the powerful uh, nature. And we saw Paul as a preacher, a pattern, and a prophet, and a prisoner. And we spent most of our time focusing on the author, um, you know, when we did our flyover. And um, and now, last week, we talked about, I told you, well, the last couple of weeks, we kind of divide the book in half. The first act is be who God saved you to be. The second act is do uh, what that which God has saved you to do. So that's a nice breakdown of the book if you want to just split it in half like a piece of wood. And um, in this epistle, Paul introduced himself as the Apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. And we saw that Jesus Christ is our hope to live uh, life, and it is the promise of life in Christ Jesus that gives us the strength to give our uh, to give our life, which uh, Timothy history re- records did give his life in Ephesus. We don't have that written in the Word of God, but that's what history records. And so, how did he do that? Well, last week we finished up the teaching on no doubt of our identity, no fear in ministry, and no shame in suffering. And so, we didn't get through the no fear we're fixing to do that tonight. We looked at, um, you know, there's the promise of life in Christ produces no doubt in our identity. So we spent most of our time in those first five verses dealing with that uh, because the promise of life in Christ, the love of Christ, we need not doubt our identity as a dearly beloved son. We pray through Christ. We need not doubt, we need not doubt our biblical heritage. And then we have confidence of faith in Christ. We need not doubt our identity as a faithful saint. So that brings me to where we are this morning, or this evening, I should say. And uh, um, Paul is still sitting in a cold jail cell in Rome, experiencing the great discomfort, uh, but he's still focused. And uh, as we saw, he calls Timothy his dearly beloved son as he writes this very endearing letter. And, uh, and he says in verse 4, he's greatly desiring to see him. And it's that point that Paul begins to share how Timothy's tears have impacted Paul's heart, knowing how much Timothy cares for Paul. Being mindful of thy tears, Paul knows Timothy will soon be alone. Um, and, and as a father in the Lord, uh, he's going to be departing, and he's comforting him, and he's comforted in his love, and he, re- and he receives the joy that comes from the sincere son of faith. And so in Nehemiah 8.10, the Bible says, He that saith unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for uh, whom nothing is prepared, for the day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, Nehemiah 8.10. Of course, uh, in Nehemiah 8.10, there was some sorrowing and some uh, rejoicing, and, and that was the admonition of Nehemiah was was to... Make sure that you rejoice, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Unlike the children of Israel, Paul was not at liberty to go anywhere other than his jail cell. Uh, But he knew his liberty in Christ carried his heart 
uh, to wonderful remembrance of Timothy, uh, Lois, and Eunice. And it was the memory of Timothy's faithfulness that Paul found joy in. And it is in this context that we uh, you know, pick up where we left off. So starting in verse 5, it says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Heavenly Father, we just uh, once again want to pray tonight. Thank you for the praise. I could hear it, and it was uh, sounded wonderful in here. Thank you for Ron, uh, your vessel of instrument in leading us into the throne room. Thank you for time in your word. We pray a blessing on the reading, the hearing, and the, uh, the prayer petitions that will go up here in just a few moments. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes, sir. Um, you said chapter 2, but I don't think you meant chapter 2. No, chapter 1. Chapter 1 and verse 5. Yeah, I, I probably did say chapter 2. Sorry. My mind is evidently getting feeble. So, <laughs> um, Praise God, the Spirit is not. So the promise of life in Christ Jesus produces no fear in ministry. Um, now, I'll talk about that. Let's talk about that, as they say on Good Mythical Morning. So, point A, unfeigned faith is memorable. In verse 5, Paul says, "Why, uh, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. So unfeigned, of course, is pure faith. And he calls that to mind, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. I am persuaded that in thee also. Uh, and so I kind of like how he says that persuaded. So it's not like, it's like there's still room for his faith to be tested, isn't it? Right? Uh, it's not like you've arrived, Timothy. He's like, I, you still got challenges, Timothy, so the jury's out on if you're going to be faithful. Um, I was just, um, you know, just talking that, about that this morning, right? You can't focus on what you, what's happened in the past. you still got to finish the race. And uh, and so we, we do, again, rejoice on the things in the past that are, are worthy of rejoicing. And, and that's obviously what Paul's doing. He's calling to remembrance, right, these things. So it's not that we can't look back and, and we shouldn't look back. But we also have to remember that, you know, we still got to finish the race and finish the course. So Paul remembers the unfeigned faith, Timothy, his grandmother Lois, and his, his mother Eunice have, and he cites the reason for Timothy to be confident in his calling. So unfeigned is not a word we used a lot today. Unfeigned means, uh, now, technically it means not to be counterfeited, not faked, not hypocritical. So it's very, uh, it's very authentic faith. In essence, Paul is saying Timothy's faith was authentic and it was genuine, uh, just as his grandmother and his mother's faith were genuine. They were authentic in, in their faith. So Paul is saying, uh, you know, in essence, he's not only saying, I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with a pure conscience, but he's saying, I thank you, Timothy, because you have genuine, authentic, and pure faith in Christ Jesus our Lord, like your mother and grandmother. And so when I remember your faith, I am filled with joy. Um, and so, uh, and of course, like I said, he's persuaded that that is in him. He's, he believes that this is the same authentic faith that he's seen in uh, the, evidently the track record of his mother and grandmother. So, you know, when, in, a, in a practical sense, do people um, thank God for our faith? Do they see faith? You know, um, 
do you do you even you know how do we I'd, I'd like like you this weekend you rolled by faith that was a good testimony so Belinda's like hey we're going out and prepping for uh, prepping for soccer by faith and so was Jamie out here in the middle of the morning you know people are calling Jamie like hey are we on and Jamie's like I'm out here chalking the lines right now well that's that literally is chalking by faith not by sight so uh, <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, you know, prepping the hot dogs. I, mean, I You know, we laugh and it's kind of funny. But for me, I'm encouraged by it. I'm like Paul. I'm like, that encourages me that, uh, you know, people in the body are following the Lord by faith. Uh, and, and, it's, and you know, God could have brought rain. But even if he would have, it would be good that you trust in him and going forward by faith. And I just appreciate everybody that did and how God pulled all that off. Because, Jamie, if you didn't start early by faith, and you just assumed that'd have been a mess. You know, we'd have been it, that field would not have been ready to go. Yeah, you wouldn't have been chalking by faith. Uh, so we'd have been chalking by sight. So, uh, so those are those are important things. So you know, do our children see us walk uh, by faith? You know, unfeigned faith means you will often be trusting God's character and provision before His supply is visible. Uh, it takes unfeigned faith to follow God. I mean, ultimately, there's, if you're going to be serving the Lord, you're going to have to step out by faith. And uh, whether it's a financial situation or a people situation, and you know, a lot of pe- people kind of, you know, they, oh, Brian, you do a lot of planning, blah blah blah. A lot of that's faith. You plan by faith because you don't ever know where the resources are coming. Uh, if you wait for the resources, you'll never get started. However, you do got to count the cost before you go to war, right? And so there's a balance there. But you definitely need to, you got to walk by faith um, in anything that we do. You don't cross the Red Sea, the Jordan River. Um, you know, you don't face a lion and a bear without faith. You don't get saved. You don't get discipled. You don't have sustainable fruit ministry without unfeigned faith, right? Fruit comes from faith. And so you don't stand against the onslaught of sin and depravity in our culture uh, without faith. And Timothy did not do that without unfeigned faith. It needs to be authentic faith. And so when times are tough, uh, when tough times come, do, do we believe, right? We talked about that this morning. Abraham believed God, Romans says, and it was accounted to him for righteousness in, in Romans 4, I believe, verse 2. Do we trust God? Do we trust the Lord? Or do we depend on the arm of the flesh? Sometimes I do go to the arm of the flesh. That's not good. You know, you got to go, you got to trust the Lord. A guy who was really good at that, uh, who, who was, I, I, that was on staff here was uh, uh, Jim Boyette. I mean, he really did walk by faith and he trusted the Lord, um, you know, uh, to the very end, right? If he was going to be healed, it wasn't because of cancer treatments. He was just going to, you know, God was going to heal him or not. But there's just a lot of things. He was really deliberate in a lot of aspects. Uh, just I know that because of private conversations we had where he just trusted the Lord uh, to provide for this or that or the other thing. Um, and so when tough times come, do we believe? Do we trust in the Lord? Do we depend on the arm of the flesh? That's a question we got to ask. Second Chronicles, I think I put it in your notes there, 32.7. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that's with him. For there be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. And so that's a well, that's one of those things that we can draw on even today. I imagine there are many of us who can look, uh, you know, look around and and uh, you know what, uh, yeah, our memory might reflect on 
uh, people that have had unfeigned faith uh, in our church body over the years. Uh, and when you do, your mind should rest upon those uh, and rest in those that have faith, right? Rely entirely upon scriptural truth. People who have just staked their life on what the Bible says. You know, uh, Doug, and, Doug and Bethany will be in later in July. And uh, that's a couple, I think, when I think of his faith. It's unfeigned. It's sincere. I've been walking with, with um, Brother Doug Pearson since we were both in our early 20s, you know, and uh, maybe your late teens. And Mike Blake's another one, a guy uh, up in Monmouth. You know, there's just, I have certain friends, you know, in the ministry, and I'm just like, wow, that's just unfeigned faith. Pastor, you'll see Pastor Pete later, Pastor Roger, and all these guys. We're blessed as a church. There's people that when we think about them, it's like a it's like a pool of fresh water. You know, it's just like wow. That's that's those are people walking by faith, um, and uh, it's amazing. It's really amazing. Uh, you know how God uses these guys. And I just saw a testimony of Bobby Bonner when he went to Africa and how God opened the doors for him. And and he was really careful to say, guess what? That had nothing to do with me. That was just God opening the doors. And, and he's right. It was too big. He couldn't have managed that if he wanted to. God is just a God like that. He provides. And they rested in the words of Hezekiah because Hezekiah, uh, when he was right with the Lord, man, he was a man of faith. And, you know, un crazy circumstances you know uh, with Sennacherib and there's you can just go through the account you know and look at this man and it wasn't like oh I got this you know we'll pry. I mean they were sweating bullets I mean it was serious um, it was do or die it was it was God or nothing. I mean, these guys were... And even in that, you know, there still was the upper pool. A lot of people, when you look at that, you know, faith and wisdom together, you know. So he had provision that people didn't understand or know about uh, in that time. So it wasn't just that he was like, oh, God, you know, take care of us, which he was like that. But at the same time, he made sure that they had a water supply that was impenetrable. And so God is good like that. He gives us wisdom and gives us ways, um, that, and his ways are past finding out. And so, yes, ma'am. I think of Randy Foster as being our man of faith here, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, Randy's, yeah. And I don't want to single one out of the, all the guys are men of faith. And But Randy, yeah, he keeps pressing on every day as a walk by faith for, for Pastor Randy. And, uh, you know, honestly, I will say this. I think the thing about it is we don't realize ours is, too. And uh, we look at Pastor Randy. Randy's a living epistle of that for sure. But we're not. We're not. You know, everybody. I just want to say this out loud. We're not. Randy's no closer to death than we are. We just think that we have because we don't have a a sickness that should take us. Yeah, he's definitely living on borrowed time. So I want to give Randy all the props in the world. But as we look at that, it really is. For me, it's like. We need to live our life like that because we don't know what tomorrow shall bring either. You know, we really, all of us are one step away from eternity. And uh, and Randy is walking by faith for sure. He was doing that before he got sick and he's doing it as he's sick. I mean, really, uh, he's a, he's an example of faith. Uh, as long as, as well as all the, all the, not just the pastors, but many in our church. I, I don't want to, you know, compare ourselves with ourselves. That's not wise, but... Um, yeah, amen and amen. Unfeigned faith is is uh, is also memorable and reproducible. This is really important. Uh, unfeigned faith is memorable and reproducible. So we saw there in verses five and six, um, you know, the the text there. You get down to verse six. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. So uh, he's having him remember. Uh, not just Lois and Eunice, his mom and grandmother. He's also saying, and I need you to remember that this is something.
something you possess because you've been put in the ministry, pal. I mean, you, you are in play. So Paul says, you know, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that's in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, thy mother Eunice, I'm persuaded that in thee also, you know, the apple don't fall far from the tree. Corn produces corn. And uh, you know what? Undefiled faith begets undefiled faith. There is there is some reproduction going on here, Timothy. And I'm persuaded, and, and he's saying this not to cause doubt in, in his mind. He's saying, look, Timothy, I think you have the, what it takes because the people that raised you had what it takes. I think that fruit is not going to be far far from the tree. So walk by faith, son. Timothy served in the ministry with the same heart and the same passion uh, as his father in the Lord. And so he's got these ladies in his life, but his earthly father is not mentioned. And we know he's a Gentile and all of those things. But he's got a spiritual father in Paul. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. Did I put that in your notes? Okay, good. Uh, It says in verse 17, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may uh, be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But ye know the proof of him, that as a son with the Father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. So we can see that, the, uh, you know, this wasn't just something Paul was saying to Timothy. And, a, and by the way, this is a personal letter to Timothy. He's writing this to a church and saying, hey... I want Timothy because he brings comfort to me and he's going to bring comfort to you because this guy is faithful. And uh, and you know the proof of him that he says in verse 22, uh, as a son with the father, he served with me in the gospel. It, when Timothy comes, you're going to get the same care from Timothy that you got from me. He cares. Uh, he is a man that is, 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 he's saying he's like me. The fruit doesn't fall far from the tree, not just with his, the faith of Lois and Eunice. It also doesn't fall far from the tree when it comes to Paul. So point C, unfeigned faith is memorable, and it's reproducible, and it's visible. So in verses 6 through 10 there, um, we've, we've read that. He says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For faith hath not given us, the, uh, or for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. One of my favorite verses. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own uh, purpose and grace, uh, which was given unto us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So how are you going to get life and immortality? You're going to get it through the gospel. We had a young, or not a young man, but a, a gentleman received Christ today. And man, uh, Jeff, I was wanting to mention that in the pastor meeting. That I got a report on that, and I forgot to do that. I thought I would remember it, and I, with all the other discussions, it fell out of my head. So I'll give it to you guys. So this guy that was up here this morning, it seems like he had made a genuine profession of faith this morning. So pray for him. Uh, he's living here in town. Uh, he's. Uh, I won't get into all of his background, but he's had a, a very difficult past, very unstable situation, uh, and it, it would appear, uh, you know, just from what I understand, that perhaps God's working in his life uh, in a in a really miraculous way. So just pray for him. 
um, he when he got done praying today, he goes, this is real. That's what he said. This is real. And he proclaimed, this is real. <laughs> you know, he just couldn't get over the fact, this is real. He really thinks he's saved because he really is if he meant it with sincerity. And so it's a process, hearing his testimony without getting into all the details. I don't want to do that, but I just want to mention that God has been working on getting him to this moment this morning. If if his testimony is what I'm hearing is accurate, then it, it was a divine appointment. It wasn't because of us. It wasn't because of anything like that. But God put the word out, and this that man got saved today. And if it's and by God's grace, man, if it's real, that could be a huge trophy of grace for God. So pray for that fella, that uh, he would be in a situation where he can grow as a disciple, because that's what his next step is: is to get stable and get rooted and get grounded and get those things in the past. It would be amazing testimony. But uh, we won't count the chickens before they hatch. We'll just hopefully see unfeigned faith, right? Pure faith, get begot in him, and then he will grow forward in faith. So that's exciting. Um, I'm going to stop there because if I keep going, I'm running out of time. So we're going to repeat point C when we get back, uh, when I get back. So I won't be here this Sunday, which Father's Day anyway, so we're not having having it. So you're not going to miss anything because I'll be back in the saddle the following Sunday. So uh, so um, you'll be like, darn, I wanted to hear Jeff. But I'm, Jeff will have opportunity <laughs> coming up. So um, at any rate, um, so there isn't any Sunday nights to cover, I guess. So we, we're covered. So that's good. All right. So any questions about the message tonight? Comments? Can you tell us the guy's name? I mean, just the first name. I could if I had it. It's in my box in a card, and I don't recollect it. His name actually, it rings a bell with me, but I don't remember it. When I read it, I was like, that seems familiar to me. Huh? I don't want to say it on the recording anyway. Is it Ronnie? It might be. I, I really don't remember the first name. The last name is the one that rang true with me. Yeah, it's in there on the, on the card. But... Um, yeah, I don't really need to blast it out there anyway. So, but just pr- it doesn't really matter. We'll get it to you. But uh, he's he's hopefully he gets back to church and uh, he sought us out. 